Hello, everybody. Good evening. And welcome to another evening service. First of all, I want to welcome everyone. If you've been listening for a while now, or if you're new to us, I just want to say welcome. To our first time guests, if you want to find out more about us, please visit us at newarkupc.info. There you can learn more about us, like how to give uh, financially, how to join a small group, um, how to find out information about our kids hub for things for your kids, and also how how to submit prayer requests and praise reports. We love hearing from everybody, so please use that wonderful link. Um, There's a lot of other good info there, so check us out. What I'd like to do this evening uh, is open with prayer, if you would join me. Heavenly Father, tonight and today has been a day for some of us, and we ask, Lord, you help us to focus on your word tonight. Help me, Lord, to focus on your word tonight. I know that you have prepared something for each listener. And God, we're here for you. We're here to hear from you. We're here to feel your presence. We're here to be amongst one another through our screens. And Lord, we just thank you for the word of God that has been so grounding and has kept us, Lord, through this season that we're in. We bless your name tonight, Lord, in the heavenly name of Jesus. And I trust that you said that name with me on the other side. So this week, we've been looking at the good, the bad, and the ugly of the kings of Israel and Judah in the Old Testament. And tonight's story is one of a bad king. And this was a very bad king. Uh, Our bad guy tonight is King Manasseh of Judah. He'd be the kind of guy that, you know, we've been, we've been kind of joking. It's the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, that's, it's like a Western sister. Rachel had her own sound effects last uh, week in her Bible study. Let me see if I can, what my whistle, whistle. It's kind of there. I don't know if you can hear it. That's my attempt of my sound effects. But King Manasseh of Judah would be the kind of guy that, you know, rides into town and everyone's happily going about their business. And as soon as they see a horse on the horizon, and as soon as they see who's on that horse, blink of an eye, the town clears just like that. It becomes a ghost town. Nobody in sight. Businesses aren't bustling anymore, just dust and wind and King Manasseh on his horse because he was one bad dude. We're going to land in the book of Chronicles tonight, but King Manasseh's story is actually recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 33 and 2 Kings chapter 18. And these books include other stories of the kings of Judah um, and uh, of the kings of the southern kingdom. Other lessons in our past week, we've looked at kings in the northern kingdom. Uh, But 
uh, Manasseh was uh, king of Judah in the southern kingdom. And so my scriptures I'll be reading, even though we can find his story in both books of the Bible, um, I'm going to be looking at 2 Chronicles chapter 33. And so the verses that I read uh, will be from that chapter if you want to open your Bibles with me and follow along. It's just one chapter. But Manasseh's story is sandwiched between uh, two other kings. One is his father who came before him, King Hezekiah, and he's the good king. And then his son, I'm sorry, Manasseh's son, uh, King Amon, who was, we're going to call the ugly. I'm going to have fun with this theme tonight. So we're calling King Manasseh, the one we're looking at tonight, the bad. The good was his father, King Hezekiah, and the ugly is his son. And we'll see why uh, King Amen ending. So, so I'm probably going to take it too far, but hey, maybe, maybe it'll help stick in our hearts and our minds. bad in the ugly parts because his story although it's only found in one chapter um his story has all three components but it's not in that same order uh first we're going to be looking at the bad then it moves into the good and unfortunately has kind of an ugly end. And so let's begin. Um, I also tonight have drawn uh, some lessons from King Manasseh's story, and we're gonna be talking about those as well. So let's go ahead and look at 2 Chronicles chapter 33. So as I've already established, King Manasseh was a bad king. He was very bad, he was evil like the worst, if that hasn't gotten across yet. Uh, in fact, Sister Rachel, when she did our Wednesday Bible uh, study, she did hers on King Ahab. And King Ahab is reputed to be the worst king in the history of the Northern Kingdom. Well, Manasseh is Ahab's equal in the Southern Kingdom. And so he is recorded as the worst king for the Kingdom of Judah. And you're probably wondering then, you know, Meg, okay, what kind of lessons can we learn from such an evil person? Okay, we get it. He was evil. You know, he was bad. We get it. What, what, what? But as I looked into his story, there certainly are some things that apply to all of us, even uh, this many years later from such a bad dude. So let's, let's dive in here. So the first several verses dive right into how evil of a king Manasseh was. Verse two, that first part of it says, he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. So unlike his father, King Hezekiah, that was before him, Manasseh did not choose to serve the Lord. King Hezekiah in his reign uh, pleased the Lord and um, turned the people of God back to the ways of the Lord, re-implemented 
things um, that worshiped God and not pagan idolatry. And so King Hezekiah did a lot of good work. Um, but when he died, one of the first things we find out about Manasseh is he chose not to follow the ways of his father. And so it didn't take long for Manasseh to destroy and reverse everything that his father had built over his 50 year reign. I believe it was close to 50 years, maybe a little more. And so the next several verses following verse two lists all these ways that, that Manasseh destroyed the kingdom uh, that his father had built and how he implemented pagan practices and turned the nation of Judah away from God again. He reinstituted pagan practices, worship, and worship in the temple of the Lord. He rebuilt their shrines that his father had destroyed. He constructed altars of worship to the pagan gods of Baal and bowed to other gods. And verse six captures one of the worst uh, practices and one of the worst things that King Manasseh is known for. It says that he practiced child sacrifice. Um, and he even uh, sacrificed his own sons. So you can just see the wickedness, you know, the depths of nastiness that King Manasseh was. You know, does it get any more wicked and twisted than sacrificing your own children to pagan gods? So verse 7a lists some other evil practices. Um, the first half, I'm sorry, I, in my notes, I record uh, half, uh, first half and second half of verses is A and B. <laughs> so the first verse, half of the verse seven lists other evil practices such as sorcery, witchcraft, and cons consulting with physics and mediums. So that's, all, that's just all that to say, the wickedness that is going on in Judah during his reign. And then verse 7b says this, the second half of verse 7. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anger. That's speaking of the Lord's anger. And you say, well, God, that sounds really bad. That, you know, it, it, it seems like such a bad thing, you know, that something we don't want to do. We don't want to, you know, provoke God to anger and, you know, especially you know, because of the things that we're doing. Um, and so I think it's pretty bad when scripture records that God has become so angry because of your, what you're doing. So Manasseh's in a hot spot right now. And as we get to verse nine in his story, it says, but Manasseh led the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do even more evil than the pagan nations that the Lord had destroyed when the people of Israel entered the land. So God makes a plea to Manasseh and to his people to repent and to turn back to him. Verse 10 says the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they ignored his warnings. Verse 11 says, so the Lord sent the commanders of the Assyrian armies and they took Manasseh prisoner. 
now hang with hang with me here because there's something about that verse it says that the lord sent the commanders of this assyrian army for manasseh so it's not sounding good at this point this is how god chose to intervene in manasseh's life but in this case god didn't intervene to rescue manasseh from his enemies which is what we read a lot about. No, God actually led his enemies to capture him. Doesn't sound like much of a rescue story. But surprisingly, this was the best thing that could have happened to Manasseh. How's that? You probably are asking. Um, because it doesn't seem like this is going in a good direction for him. But this is actually the turning point in Manasseh's story, and it's for the good. So let's turn now to the good. Verses 12 and 13 say, but while in deep distress, Manasseh sought the Lord his God and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him and was moved by his request. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is God. So this is yet another story. Kind of sounds like Ahab uh, in Sister Rachel's lesson earlier this week. But this is yet another story that demonstrates God's great love and mercy and his forgiveness. And this may sound kind of funny, but... The greatness of Manasseh's wickedness that we read in the first part of this chapter actually magnifies the goodness of God. How good of a God God is that in the depth of Manasseh's wickedness, God meets him there. Manasseh humbles himself seeks repentance, seeks forgiveness, and God forgives. So now Manasseh's in prison, and it's probably a good place for him to be so that, you know, he can't be so horrible to the people of Judah anymore, and God put him there. So it must be a good place for him to be. But just as we read, as Manasseh found himself there in prison, in his distress, he chose to humble himself before God the God of his father, that he had not yet served up until this point where he found a place of repentance. And there's a lesson right there that it's never too late to humble yourself and repent. And you're never too far gone in sin that God's forgiveness can't reach you. And I hope that that's something that all of us can hear tonight with open heart and open minds. So if there's one thing that, you know, these really wicked stories of the Bible tell us, it's, it's, that, it's that, that we read that God answered Manasseh's prayer. And scripture tells us that God cannot pass up a repentant heart. So God will always meet your repentance 
with his forgiveness. Amen. And so God extends his mercy and his forgiveness to Manasseh. And that's a good place for Manasseh to be. Physically, he's in prison, but spiritually, he finds himself in a good place with God. Whereas before, he was physically reigning as king, a high and lofty position, but spiritually, he was in deep, deep sin and wickedness. As we come to kind of the middle of the chapter, um, the next several verses after Manasseh's experience with the Lord and his repentance and God's forgiveness, it, the next several verses list all the ways that he restores his kingdom back to a place to worship God, the God of Israel once again. He removes and he destroys the idol, the altars, the idol worship. He tries to implement, you know, the worship of the one true God and the practices of his father before him. So at this point, okay, we're in the middle of that chapter, Manasseh is restored back to God and working to physically restore his kingdom back to worshiping the one true God. That second half of verse 16 says, he also encouraged the people of Judah to worship the Lord. He wanted his kingdom to turn and repent just as he had. And now we've come to the ugly part of the story. Unfortunately, it's the end of Manasseh's story that's ugly, had a good middle. Verse 17 says, however, the people still sacrificed at the pagan shrines, though only to the Lord, their God. So even though Manasseh repented and turned away from his wickedness and turned back to God, the people of Judah did not follow his command or his example. And they remained wicked in their ways. So when Manasseh died in the final verses of chapter 33, tell us that he was succeeded by his son, Amen who was also a very bad king. And verse 23 says, unlike his father, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Instead, Amon sinned even more. Not good. And like his father before him, Amon was faced with a choice when his father died. He had a choice. What's he going to do with the kingdom? Is he going to try to continue to turn it towards worshiping the one true God, like his father tried but failed? Or is he going to revert back to the pagan and wicked ways? And he made his choice, just like Manasseh made his choice when he took the throne after the death of King Hezekiah. So Amon's choice, it just, it wasn't a good one. And sadly, Amon's reign was cut short. Um, Last couple of verses of chapter 33 says that Amon was assassinated by his own officials um, and he only reigned for two years. So in the end, this ripple effect of Manasseh's sin and wicked, wickedness negatively impacted the next generation. And chapter 34 
because Manasseh's story is recorded in 33. Chapter 34 is the story of a new king that followed um, Amen, who was Amen's son, Josiah. And we heard from Sister Debbie how Josiah was a good king. So there's kind of an ugly lesson to be learned from, from this, from Amen and from Manasseh and Amon's story. And it's one that, that most of us don't really want to think about. I don't like thinking about it. I, frankly, I don't like teaching about it, but it's not really a reason not to acknowledge it. And the ugly, ugly lesson is this, that Manasseh made a personal choice, okay? He made a choice to reject the truth that his father, Hezekiah, had taught him. So he said, I, I don't want to serve God. I want to, I, I want all these other things that my father uh, got rid of. And I want to serve other gods and I want to do other things. And it's a good thing that Manasseh found a place of forgiveness with the Lord. That is a good thing and a good part of his story, redeeming part of his story. Then I'm not trying to minimize that part. But the hard truth is that we also learn from his story that the effect or the influence of a personal choice is always greater than just the one person who's making it. Your own choice, our own choices affect, they impact more than just you. We hear this type of language in other contexts, like in addictions and illnesses and how these things impact a family unit, not just the user or not just the person who is sick. And so here, Manasseh's choice when he became king to reverse all the good godly things that his father had done had far reaching consequences that went way beyond just him. We see that how it trickled down to Amen. <clears throat> And not only did he turn a whole nation away from God successfully, but his personal choice had generational impact. And that's hard. That's hard to think about, but it's necessary. It's important because um, we know that Manasseh's son, Amen, was also a bad king, just as he was. And so as we've worked our way through Manasseh's story tonight, the, the bad, we started with the bad, the good and the ugly. It really doesn't feel great to end on this ugly truth, but you know, it's, it's no Hallmark ending. And some of you know how much I love a good Hallmark ending, but his story doesn't have one. But hopefully this lesson tonight, kind of in its entirety, as we looked at the good, the bad and the ugly, it will cause us to be mindful um, of the power of choice. And if there's one thing that this story highlights, it's the power of choice and how that impacts choices that we have, our choices that we have, that the power of choice has consequences, good or bad. And so we have a choice every day to choose Christ and to walk in his light and in his ways. So tonight, let's, let's keep that in mind.
as we come to a close. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in tonight and listening. We broadcast every evening at 7 p.m. Tuesday through Sundays. So please join us and we pray that you stay well and we look forward to seeing you again, same place, same time tomorrow.